time is ticking on Tuchel. Scotty Parker gets the sack and all the latest build-up to the transfer window slamming shut later this week. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to yet another episode of Hashtag Obsessed. I'm joined today by Asif. It's great to be back, lads. And Tifta. Hello, how are you doing? And Yusuf. I'm doing fine, thanks, Tiff. How are you? I was talking to you. <laughs> Very good. My name's Zach Judy, and it is a delight to be back. We are speaking today on Tuesday night, the 30th of August. We have just seen the full-time whistle blown on yet another disappointing result for Thomas Tuchel and his Chelsea team. Um, Asif, what were your thoughts on, on tonight's proceedings? Um, d- disappointing from a Chelsea perspective. I thought they were poor. Um, what uh, Southampton played really well, and they played really well against United. I know we're going to come on to that, but they are playing quite well. And they've got some really good young players. I don't. I almost don't want to focus too much on Chelsea or from today's game because I thought I thought Southampton were outstanding, and as they were on the weekend, they played really well as well. Um, yeah. The interesting thing for me with Chelsea is just a case of they they clearly lacking in sort of attacking talent in terms of creativity and, and, and goal scoring, but they seem to be targeting defender after defender, and it's just there's there's something bubbling at Chelsea, um, and and you said the time is ticking on on, on Thomas Tuchel or Tuchel however you want to call it, um, and I kind of agree. There's just something's not quite right. Um, and I just think unless they sign one or two attacking players before the end of the window, they could be in uh, in a bit of trouble. Well, the latest reports are that uh, Chelsea are close to a deal for um, Gvardiol, the centre-back at RB Leipzig, which would be... I mean, this is on the back of... I don't know if it's confirmed. Is the Fofana deal confirmed yet? I think, I think Fofana is pretty much done. And that um, I can't remember his name that you just mentioned. Yeah. Apparently, that's, that's he's not going to join until next summer. But why are they spending it now? Like, <laughs> why? Surely they could put that money towards an attacker or an area where they. Well, today there was um, I can't remember the name. I think his name was Martin Ziegler, who does articles for the Times, and he he did something about that the Premier League have approved new rules, which means that clubs can only spend. 70% of their annual revenue um, on both uh, transfer fees and, uh, and and wages. So I don't know whether clubs like Chelsea or what they're doing is thinking, let's just get spend as much as we can now, because from next summer, we're not going to be able to spend, spend as much. It's either that or the new owner is just getting a bit carried away with himself. But it's just, it is weird that they're spending £75 million on Fafana and £90 million on this, this other kid from RB Leipzig when they clearly need attacking players. Mm. Like, for me, they're desperate for someone in midfield and at least one player in attack. Yeah, well, they were linked with Aubameyang at one point, weren't they? And I think that was close to being done, but then there's, there's been a lot of events around I, I think, in the last few days. I, I think Aubameyang looks, sounds like he's back on, though, from over, over today. But, I mean, it's not really... You know, if you could spend ninety million pounds on a defender that you don't need, that's not going to join until next summer. Surely, you can go out there and, and find some serious talent for that for that amount of money. But who who is out there as an established 
attacker um, on the market at the moment. I think there's, there's quite slim pickings for, for all clubs. Obviously, Man City went out and got Haaland very early doors. Um, Liverpool did the same with um, <coughs> with what's his name again? The one that got red cards, Uruguay. Darwin uh, Nunes. Forgot about Charles it Darwin. Charles Darwin. But, but even as an example, with Newcastle signed Alexander Isaac, they could have gone for someone like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there surely there are surely off some players out there. Um, even even Victor Osimhen uh, in Napoli, yeah, you know they yeah. still spent a hundred million on him, for example. There are players out there that they, if they want, but I mean Thomas is sharp. Seems like every striker they get is cursed. Like they're, they're just feeling like. To be honest, Chelsea are a club that when they want to buy someone, they get him. So the fact that they haven't signed a striker tells me that they weren't looking for one. To be honest, <laughs> they've earmarked all these defenders, which they're obviously getting. Um, I want to hear from from Yusuf actually because Havertz, you you picked him up at the start of the yeah, season. Like <laughs> He's in your fantasy football team. Um, you've been raving about him for two years now, and if you take away that Champions League final goal, he's been a very poor signing. I think it has to be said. He has. He has. What I think the problem with him um, is he's in a situation where he's at a club that doesn't play to how he would play and also his best position I think is probably an attacking mid or in a 4-2-3-1 for example in that little attacking mid position I just don't think he's at the right club at all I genuinely do not think he's at the right club and uh, yeah of course he still has to perform and it's not that he is playing awful Tuchel still plays him all the time which is weird because Obviously, as you said, he's in my fantasy. I'm like, okay, I'll take him out. But he keeps on starting. He's done nothing at all. But he keeps on starting. And I'm thinking, why? Like, surely the first one he would want to change is him. Um, because he's been doing nothing at all. But I personally, genuinely, I think there is a player in there. I've seen enough from the, like, even last season with Chelsea. I know he wasn't consistent. But some of the games where he was on it, the guy is on it. And he has a certain way about him where I just look at him and think it's effortless when he does it, genuinely. But this season he hasn't done anything and I personally think he's in the wrong club and the wrong system at the moment. He needs to be He needs to be in a club that play um, like front foot football, doesn't he? Like attacking. And I'm, I'm with you because uh, I'm a big fan of Havertz and this is not working. I think the one thing not which I question... No, I, I think... I think I'm sure we spoke about him in our first podcast this season, and I just my only sort of real question mark over him is his mentality. Like, does he want it enough? And I don't know if he does. Um, but what does what doesn't help is like you say. In I think a Chelsea is not the right type of club, not the right type of system. He's not being played in the right position. I think if he plays on a front foot team like Liverpool, Man City, uh, even Arsenal, I think he would do really really good at. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not quite happening. That was a team I was going to mention. Generally, if he was in at Arsenal, if they signed him when he, I generally think he would be one no, of their best no, players no, right no, now. No, 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 I really no. do think he would be. Arsenal really... needs players with backbone and with. Zach, can, you just do that? can you just do that? No, 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 no. No, again. no. <laughs> I don't think Have he it, that Arsenal man. would be the, think... a nightmare. He would blow away in the wind. He's the no. opposite of. If I was nah, an Arsenal fan, I like him, man. Forbid, he would be the opposite of what Arsenal need, I think. God forbid. Bring him, bring him, bring him to Anfield, innit? Oh, hi. Yeah. 
How how long has he been at Chelsea now? Is it two, is his second season or third? I think it's his third season now. Yeah, to be honest, I, genuinely, I think we've no. seen enough of him to know he's he's not for the Premier League. You can't hack it yet. I'm yeah, sorry. Probably. If you if you watch the way Chelsea play, they give plenty of service through their fullbacks to their attackers. So there's know, no excuses. Yeah, trust they're, me. They're not a great team. Though, it, if we're, like, the way they play, man. The guy, you just cut. It's not. It hasn't worked for him. But that's the question. Just like it didn't work for Werner. Yeah, guy goes to Bundesliga, has one shot on goal from like four <laughs> yards, and it goes in. You know what I mean? But, that is the level we're talking. But that about, is yeah. what you said, though. That is the question. Does he get enough? Do Chelsea give him like twenty chances a game? I don't. Look, I don't understand. Look, they listen. Look, Reece James, way. right? Not playing today. Is it, bro? I can't tell you how much of, the um, of Chelsea's attacking play goes to that guy. It's that guy is like he's their talisman. There's just something happening in the Premier League now where there's so Set. many clubs. There's so many clubs who their best player is right back. Well, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. He practically plays right wing though. Um, did Kukurina play like in centre mid today or something? No, I think he was centre. No, he was left back. So they played with the back four today. Oh, um, Lots of was in midfield. They played with the back four. Kukurina, Kulipali. Started Ziyech, so obviously that moved. Yeah, but yeah. how has he still started Ziyech in Loftus Cheek as well? Why did he not start Chilwell? <laughs> uh, you don't like Chilis. And then, Chilis. Uh, what he did towards the end of the game was. Switched to a back three, I think. And um, Kukurea went left centre-back and then Chilwell came left wing-back. I, I, I mean, I didn't watch all the game. I caught most of the first half and bits in the second, but okay. towards the end, my turn on, it was... you got Havertz, can't score, can't assist. you got Mount is terrible. Mason Mount. I, I think Mason Mount's one who just goes into the right... He, he's not producing. And for some, again, he, yeah, people, yeah, Sashara is... Right. Put, he's putting so much faith in him. Yeah, I, and I, I know it's English. I know it's English that everyone talks about. Who rates Mason Mount? Nobody rates true. No, no, the thing is, for Mount... Hey, Carol Southgate, lad. Carol yeah, Southgate's exactly. a big fan. But it's true, I think he is under the radar for a lot of criticism, you know? Because he is a young English midfielder that no one is talking about. No one's able to curse him. We're talking about Havertz, but I'm sorry, Mason Mount is he's Chelsea. Done he's done less. What's he done? See, I, I always... It's, it's, it's weird that, to sh- and I think Thomas Tuchel actually should get the criticism for that, for continuing to play him. Yeah. Every, he plays every single minute and he, uh, he's not doing nothing. He's a tight, he's a tidy pass for the ball. You know, he's, he's a decent player. But it's almost like the whole creativity of that Chelsea team has to come through him and he is nowhere near good enough for that. Mm. Yeah, I, f- I feel like Tuchel's constantly playing him and Havertz just to sh- show that he's got no one else. Yeah, he loves playing Havertz. He doesn't like Ziyech. He obviously doesn't like Pulisic. Uh, who else has he got? He's got no one else. Pulis- yeah, no, who's he got? Literally, got got rid got- of Lukaku, got li- rid of Werner. That's like two centre forwards. They should have got rid of Werner. I, don't. I know he's clumsy in that, but I still think he offered them something. Stretched opposition defences and stuff, but he obviously doesn't like attacking players, does he? It's strange. I, when I saw that news, when you told me earlier so that they're going for another defender, I know it's for next year. But ni- he's quite, He's good, but 90 mil... Surely you can put that money somewhere else, but is there a player? To be honest, why don't they just put their faith in Broha? I know he's not I, yeah, I guess, I at the level at the level they need, but having a young, hungry striker like that. They, they, hold on, they were going to offer him and Gallagher to oh uh, Everton. My God. What is going on? With why are they that? so desperate? For, they why still, are they going for Gordon? Are they still trying player? to pay sixty million for Gordon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to be fair to Gordon, he scored again today. Great stuff, man. He's a little player, but come Anthony on, Anthony Joshua. Frank Lampard's not having it in there, but now seriously, you know, we're not looking to Sammy. Yeah, Gordon's a great player. Gordon's a great player, but seriously. We're not looking to sell him. 
<laughs> no, but I don't understand why are they. I, I get he's a tiny little player, and since those rumors have come out, he's been banging in the goals. He's like prime Ronaldo, but like what the hell? Far, lad. <laughs> maybe maybe prime Darwin Nunez, or Andy Carroll. But not, oh, if I bring the goat into it, I was talking about R nine, lad. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, shocking. I mean, as if you did allude to it earlier, Southampton, a fantastic performance from them, obviously. Um, was it, what's his name, that Lavia in midfield that Lavia. nobody has heard of before this season? City, lad. And, and that centre-back as well, isn't it? But like, like, a bottle of ketchup. I, I don't know, he played against United and he was a, he was a beast. Oh, he, he was, was an absolute... <laughs> Bella Cotchford, isn't it? It feels um, like I saw a tweet the other day. Someone said Southampton at, in any game will play at least three players that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got about five players I've never heard of now. It yeah, was... it's mad. And they turn up with a performance. All these clubs will end, all these players will end up going for big money to Liverpool or whatever. Do you know what I mean? That will happen. Yeah. 100%. Top performance from them. I think there was there was a bit of rumbling at the beginning of the season um, that apparently the manager had lost the dressing room. They weren't happy with Ralph Hassan Huttle's ways. Um, but on the evidence of, of tonight's performance, I mean, going to the bridge, getting the getting the, the three points. No, it was a St Mary's season. Oh, was that St Mary's? Was it St Mary's? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dread. Okay. My bad. But they've, they've pulled themselves up to the top half of the table. They're above Chelsea now in the table. Um, obviously, early doors. Um, yeah, I think, it did, I think people were expecting them to be fighting relegation this season with the mess that they were in. But uh, obviously not to be. But anyway, um, moving on, if you're a Southampton fan, good stuff for you. But this isn't probably isn't the podcast uh, for you we focus on. <laughs> <laughs> top six football mainly. Um, I want to come to, I know they haven't played tonight, um, but Manchester United, because the last episode that we had, it was doom and gloom. The cloud, the dark clouds were coming in. Um, Asif did have a brief talk about the possibility of relegation. Um, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It's been two weeks since then, and, and a lot of things have changed, haven't they? Go on, Tiff, I'll let you lead this one. <laughs> um, well, yeah, hold on. Why is there an echo? Hang on a second. All right, I'll lead it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and lead it, man. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, no, it has, it has been a lot of change, starting with, obviously, the game against... The dirty scouts last week. Um, I genuinely didn't see that performance come in last week against Liverpool. Um, I thought there would be a bit of a reaction, but they were up for that. Um, And I think just some of the changes, especially in the back line, I think taking Maguire out of the team has had a massive impact. Um, Lissandra Martinez has been outstanding the last two games. He's he's won man of the match in both matches. Um, And I think actually the one change which is going under the radar that people aren't talking about as much is taking away Luke Shaw. The amount of chances that we can see down our left side um, through through Luke Shaw. What, what Luke Shaw doesn't ever do is he never he never stops across or he never tackles. He's just he'll be there 
he might sort of put his body in the way and, you know, he'll have to hit the ball around it, but he doesn't actually do anything to stop the cross. So having Malassia play there, he's, he's been such an improvement defensively and he's tidy on the ball. Um, but they, you know, they, uh, they they look like they're playing with a bit more desire now. Um, I still think this Rashford was, you know, he was class against Liverpool, but he was poor against Southampton, absolutely shocking. Sancho was quite bad as well. Um, but I think... Um, I think the signing of Casemiro. I think one thing I can, I can I've noticed with um, Ten Hag, he, he likes players with that sort of winning mentality. Where you know, like a South American, Lissandro Martinez, Casemiro, now he signed. Even Anthony, Anthony knows he's like a skillful Jogo Benito type player, but he's got that winning mentality. He he gives it everything on the pitch. Um, so I, I'm quite, you know, I'm quite. I'm quite, I'm quite excited actually to see how we how we get on over the next few weeks. But um, Southampton was a tough game though. We weren't even actually at our best. Um, we defended well. Um, we had to basically give it everything, and um, we were quite lucky to get away with a win actually. But it was one of those games where you know you've got to grind out a win, and, and we did that. So no complaints. But the Liverpool game, I mean, obviously we haven't spoken about that. I was absolutely buzzing. I thought they were out fantastic on the night. Um, and yeah, I think things are, things are looking brighter, but I'm not going to get carried away just yet because we could easily lose on Thursday to Leicester and we all doom and gloom again. The one thing I was going to ask you last time round when you, you wanted to move the, the topic on, obviously you weren't in the, in the right mind frame to, to discuss Man United any further, was do you think Ten Hag has the... Um, is he tough enough to make those those difficult decisions of, of dropping the captain, uh, dropping these? Because I mean, the first thing that would, the first game of the season when they rocked up against Brighton, and I saw Maguire still in the lineup, um, McTominay, all of these players that have failed time and time again. I thought, oh, well, you know, he hasn't got the balls to drop these players. It's going to be more of the same. But the fact that obviously maybe it did take that four 0 defeat to shock him into life. But I think now we're starting to see. Decisions being made that that you know that managers like Klopp um, when he turned Liverpool around, managers like Pochettino when he turned Tottenham around, these difficult decisions where you get rid of the old guard, um, he's, he's finally starting to take those decisions. I, 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 I yeah, I do, and I, I also think that what he didn't want to do is come in and drop the captain straight away. Um, it was almost like I can't remember saying exactly is when you give enough enough thread to enough ropes for a player to hang himself almost. And that's what he's done with like Maguire, for mm. example, because the game against Brentford, he subbed off Lissandro Martinez at half time. And I remember in the first half I thought Maguire's the one that's all over the place, but he subbed off Lissandro Martinez and, mm. and Jamie Carragher was getting on his high horse saying, Oh, you know, you said when they did an interview with him, he said you subbed him off. And he was all all Ten Hag said is like I could have subbed off every player. But it was almost like he subbed off Lissandro Martinez thinking I'm going to give Maguire another 45 minutes to show how dreadful he is basically and then drop him from the team and that's what he's done I think the key thing for United in, in defence and going forward is trying to keep Varane, Varane fit because he's been outstanding the last two games um, and with him and Lissandro Martinez in defence we're looking a lot, a lot more solid um, but it's just I, 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 I don't have much faith in him staying fit and that's going to be the problem and then it, the likelihood is Maguire or Lindelof will come back in the team. Um, but I agree, you know, he's, he's showing that he's got, um, 
you know, he's got the cojones to make these difficult decisions. He's dropped Ronaldo. He's dropped Maguire. Um, and I think McTominay's been in the team. He did okay against Liverpool. He was poor against Southampton. But I think Casemiro is going to take that spot anyway. Um, and, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Anthony in the team as well. Speaking of those two signings, United have, have been very busy in the transfer market. Um, does that give you some optimism, Tifter, of... You know, you could, you could possibly go places this season. Um, yes and uh, no. There's still plenty of, uh, you know, like I said, Ten Hag, uh, two, two weeks ago when we spoke, we were rock bottom. Do you know what I mean? It couldn't get any worse. Even, you know, Ten Hag was mystified and shell-shocked himself by what he's seen. Um, but give credit to him. He, um, in, that, in that week before, in, in between the Brentford and the, the Liverpool game, uh, for the first time ever, it, it looked like it was a it was a manager who actually worked on something in training that week, and he actually came up and formulated a plan specifically for that Liverpool game. And to be fair, look, granted Liverpool were not at their best; they were miles off the, where they are. Um, but he out he out out Fox Klopp. They mm. targeted Liverpool's fullbacks, especially Trent Alexander Arnold, and um, it worked a treat. You know what I mean? They, they got the result, and obviously we built upon it against um, Southampton. Even though it was a, another scrappy performance, it really was. We had to really get really dogged. But the, the main thing is that doggedness was there. It was there. It, we didn't have that fight previously. You could tell yeah. as soon as we went one nil up, the players were playing. They they were really uh, trying to defend. You know, they 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 wanted that three points. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that that Southampton game last season they would have lost. 100%. Without shadow of a doubt, it's they would have lost that Even match. if Harry Maguire started that game, we would have lost. Varane yeah, and Martinez were absolutely pivotal. I can't tell you how good bo- uh, they both were, by the way, um, to us um, winning that game. Um, the rest of the guys were, were good, but still a lot of work to do. Um, Casemiro, obviously, is a sensational signing. Mm. And to be fair, for the small part he came on, his passing looked exquisite. Um, we're, we're, not used, we're not used to having midfielders who can pass. He was literally finding, playing forward passes, even though he's a you know, uh, holding midfielder, and he was finding his man. Um, Anthony, like, he's coming from the Dutch league. That is, it is a massively, a big, big price tag on him, but, you know... It's not for us to question the money. Do you know what I mean? The money's been spent. We've got the player. Um, let's just hope now he can fulfil his expectations. Like I said, the Premier League is a different kettle of fish to um, the Eredivisie and the German League and whatnot. So um, the, the thing that gives me hope with Anthony is that I do trust Ten Hag's judgment, and I think also now he's had a few games in the Prem, he's also seen players who I guess you'd put them in the same category as or like Anthony, like Jadon Sancho, for example. And I think if he if, if he thought that Anthony wasn't as good as them, or if if better, then he, I don't think he would have made that signing. Um, but like I said, the thing with Anthony was which stood out to me last season as well. I actually saw a few clips of him. Is his mentality? He's got that South American leave every last drop of blood on that pitch, um, and I think that will stand him in good stead. Don't get me wrong; I'm sure, I'm sure he'll take him a bit of time to adjust to the league. But I am hopeful with that. And apparently we're potentially going to be signing Serginio Dest, a right back as well. Um, I haven't seen much of him. I know he's very attacking. Um, but I, I heard I heard earlier today, actually, that there was a good chance of that happening. And it's been reported now this evening in a few different um, journalists. 
One other link that I've seen popped around is Martin Dubravka coming in from Newcastle. Is that to replace De Gea, do you think? I, well, I, you, need, you need some competition, that's for sure. It, it's just, the, the thing with Dubravka is that when he, was in, when he was in Newcastle, he was, you know, the type of keeper like De Gea is staying on his line, that type of thing. But actually, before he was in Newcastle, and I was watching, um, there's a few analysis clips on, on, on Twitter today, where he actually used to play as a sweeper-keeper, coming quite far out, playing with the ball at his feet. So I'm wondering whether or not that's the way Ten Hag plans to use him. I've got no doubt in my mind that if, if De Gea's form continues as it has been, that Dubravka could come into the team. Um, I think it was just a case of, you know, they probably, they spent a lot of money. They probably can't afford to buy any more players, so they got him in on loan with an option to buy. Um, and I guess they need someone. Whether he is going to play first team or not, I don't know. But like I said, I think if the gear drops any more clangers, I wouldn't be surprised if Dubravka comes in. Fantastic stuff. Um, moving on um, to another team that hasn't quite hasn't played their fixture yet uh, during this round of games, but um, finally got some points on the board with a stonking nine nil victory. Um, Congratulations on with... winning the Premier League twenty twenty three. Yusuf's Liverpool side. Um, I guess you you know you you can't complain when it's nine nil. Um, you know, absolutely fantastic result for Liverpool. What did you make of it? Did you think that that was a sign of things to come? Was it the opposition being terrible? Was it a bit in between? What did What did you make of it, Yusuf? Well, we had some points on the board already, by the way. It's like we had two draws at the beginning of the season. So just to a draw is a draw is a loss now. A draw is a loss. But anyway, also <laughs> <laughs> oh, City out of the title. <laughs> We'll come on to Man City in a bit. I've got, I've got um, a so there. Liverpool, yeah. So firstly, about obviously about the United game. We haven't spoke about that. Um, as soon as I, I already kind of knew that Milner was going to play, um, and having a midfield of Milner and Henderson in 2022 is quite mad to be honest. Um, but as soon as I heard the team news that Maguire and Ronaldo were getting dropped, I thought United are going to be up for this. And I personally, just about that game quickly, I don't think it was anything tactically that United outdone us or anything like that. I genuinely think it showed the importance of being motivated and giving and you're having the correct attitude. Because I think United had the like the attitude was unbelievable in that game. They came out from the first minute, and I could see they were up for it. And the crowd. Was- just, that's the loudest I've heard them. And I it was know. that first challenge by Lissandra Martinez and Salah, and then he barged into him. Yeah, but like, not I, honestly, I didn't even think it was just that. It was the way your intensity and everything about it. And it, it shows the difference in attitude and mentality, how you approach a match. Generally, that's all it is. And you guys were completely on it. I don't even think we were as bad as it actually made out because even in the second half, we were making chances and we could have got something. Fernandez off the line. I think Martinez hit it against him or Fernandez, whatever. There, there was certain little things. I was like, what the hell? We could actually, even though we weren't good at all, I still think we could have got something from it. But United's mentality was perfect. But generally it came from, and one of you were saying it not long ago, it's Maguire. I'm sorry. I don't know how he's gone this long with people not realising he is just the guy. Get him out. And then it's fine, genuinely. I know you've had to wait to have another centre-back like Martinez in. The guy's a calamity. 
him and Shaw. Shaw, oh my lord, it was so frustrating that whole flipping Euros when people were like this guy's this that he's not good enough. Fine, you can turn up and all of that. He's not good enough at all. And having a young, hungry guy like Malasia, honestly, it makes a big difference. But that was the the biggest thing from that game, I think. Um, talking about Liverpool, you know what? Yeah, of course, the best reaction you can ask for is 9-0. Bournemouth weren't great. I think we still were, were playing well, but Bournemouth were not great at all. You have to play well to win 9-0, but Bournemouth were awful. Um but I'm kind of like, regardless of the result, even if we drew, I don't think it would have changed what we're going to end up doing in the transfer window. But funnily enough, I don't even think we're going to sign a midfielder now, which is unbelievable to me. And look, our, our policy, and I get our policy, is you wait for the right guy. It happened with Kanati. We should have got him the summer before. Klopp. Klopp's been making noises now that he, he wants yeah, to take course. more risks. Listen, I don't know why. It's not more risks. He said it after the United game as well. I would love a midfielder, but I'm not in charge of the spending. He said it. It's so clear that he wants to sign someone. That, that it's not. That's not a crazy secret that's just come out. He wants to sign a midfielder and he would love it if he could be backed in the way that he wants to be. But our policy is we wait for the right guy. Kanate, we waited another year to get him. And we got him in the end fine, but if we got him a year before, we, would have, we wouldn't have had much of a defensive, whatever. We're now supposedly waiting for Bellingham for next year. Even though Real is sniffing around, I think we will get him and we can get him. But why are we wasting another year by waiting? Why are we wasting another year of our top players in their peaks of their careers? Because you never know when a big injury again will affect one of them. You never know when their just form can drop. We're wasting the peak years of one of, of our best squad that we've had in years. And Klopp is our best manager we've had in God knows how long. Why can we not just give him the money that he wants to sign whatever midfield? And I get he doesn't want to buy any crap. Frankie De Jong, he would take him. 100% he would take him. I get the salary is beyond us and whatever, fine. There's other midfielders around. We were going to we were clearly uh, in Nunes, yeah. Yeah, I was just Nunes, yeah. yeah. We, we, we were linked with him. We were in for Chuamani as well at the beginning of the year. Real uh, paid more. They got him. Done. Whatever. That That's fine. We, we knew that's happening. Whatever. But it showed that we wanted midfielder and we went in for one. There are still other midfielders around. Like Saicedo, I think we wanted him. We've obviously got priced out because Brighton only just signed him like a year ago, whatever it was, in January. I get that. But literally, we can, like, Klopp wants a midfielder. And even if it's not to the perfect standard that I'm sure our policy always goes a- along with, sign him, man. Why are we not backing the guy? How can we go into a season and we've got Milner and Henderson in midfield? Don't get me wrong. I, I like Henderson because the character he has, and the, whatever, that's fine. But he should not be a starting midfielder. We can have him still around the club. That's fine. And it's nice to have him in certain games. But how the hell can we go against the monsters that are Man City and all the other teams in the world, literally, when we have Milner and Henderson in centre mid and we're not backing our... our even United our terrible midfield was licking their lips when Henderson and Milner... I'm, so, I'm sorry, started. like, even... You, you, <laughs> McTominay was loving it, mate. McSorley. That was McTominay's best game in donkey's year. What I will say about what you're saying about not giving him full money and stuff to spend, I said this last year, whenever we did the pod a couple of years back, for me, FSG, 
almost as bad as the Glazers. The only thing that they've they've got they've the only main difference is, is that they've got a good structure at Liverpool. And they've got, and they've got a top crop. manager. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the thing we and the other thing is is that ultimately with signings, I know you can give people credit for getting the right signings, but even the best sporting directors in the world can make mistakes. But the thing with Liverpool is all the big signings that they sign, like Salah, um Van Dyke, whatever, whoever else he signed, Allison. Fabinho, they all worked out perfectly. Whereas, had one of them not worked out well, then I don't think you would have been done as well as you as you did. But obviously, yeah, credit where it's due that you identify the right players. But you know, for example, with Guardiola at City, he could identify a player, but they could flop, and then the next week and they're going to spend another hundred million exactly. on someone else. So, you, in a way, you guys got lucky with getting, you know, those signings being successful, but. And now what you're seeing is that squeeze where we've at United now we've been seeing it for so many years where we're like, how can we start the season again with McTominay and Fred in midfield? Um, and I think this is where FSG and willing to put the money in their pocket um, and, it's, and it's showing where, you know, I, I can feel, I feel your frustration. I, and I think over the next four to five years, unless, unless Klopp continues to produce miracles, I think Liverpool could be in dangerous territory. But the, 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 the thing is, the problem is, people, as you said, you've obviously understood it. Klopp has literally turned this team around from his first game that he had, the squad that he's made and how long he's had to take. In seven seasons, I know people don't always like to talk about stats or net spend or whatever crap, but it's crazy seeing these things come out. In three months, Ten Hag's had 225 mil net spend because they're, they're saying to him, go and spend what you want, whatever. In seven seasons, we've had 300 million net spend. In seven seasons, Klopp has only yeah. had that. Coutinho went, that was the only way we were getting Ali and Van Dijk. No way yeah. we were going to get both, unless Coutinho went. And people think, and the problem is, you know what people always say? Oh, United's got more revenue, all of this. We're similar in revenue now. After yeah. 2022, uh, we saw we're similar in revenue. So it's not that FSG, we don't have the money. They are not putting their hands in the pockets because they think their policy is all this. And you're completely right. We have been really good with it because even with Jota, for example, came out of nowhere, but obviously we were watching him for a while and he worked out. And I get, we're waiting for Bellingham all in this. But if there's something happening where it's clear we're missing centre mids, we're blatantly missing midfielders, there's some, even the ones we say when we have a full squad, it's clear that these guys can't stay fit all the time. Oh, oh. Sign another midfielder. But also, I, I think, yeah, you can wait for Bellingham next season, but I think by next season, you'll probably need two midfielders anyway. Well, exactly. So you sign one now, one one next summer. So Bob's where, your where's the logic? Where's the logic? I don't understand. Where's the logic? Because you have Hendo Milner. Fabs is, he needs someone behind him. Fabs needs to play once a week now. He can't be going into two times a week. The amount of stuff Elliot. that he does... Harvey Elliott's brilliant, fine. But what what else? Who else? Milner, Hendo, Kater's uh, made of biscuits, he's finished. Oh, he's got Thiago. But again, Kater and Thiago, they should be sharing game time because they can't do it fully. They've shown mm. that with their injuries and stuff, they can't do it. Of course, in an ideal situation, Thiago's fully fit all the time. Lovely. Kater's not fully fit all the time, done. I feel for the guy because injuries ruin some people and it's clearly injured, uh, ruined this guy. Because even against United, he was going to play and then he came injured again. And I don't think it's that we're just not playing him because I think we would have sold him by now, 100%. And it is literally just injury stopping the guy. So just get someone else. Get someone. Look at how many games they've played a season. Flipping, we're linked with New, uh, Neves. We're linked with uh, Dion. We're linked with all these. 
honestly, just get someone in now and then get Bellingham next season. Get someone because we people don't realize as well. Ginny, I know Ginny was so hit and miss, he never missed a game. The guy was a monster. Can you guys hear me right now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just reading. Um, so from Klopp's press conference that he did yesterday, uh, or today it might have been. And you know the embargo, his comments have just come out and saying we were going for a midfielder, but that midfielder has decided to go to another club. That can happen. Some players are not available now, but for us, really interesting. That's how it is, so we can make that decision. So who could that be that's gone to a different club? Mm, that, yeah, yeah. Frankie Jong coming to Man United. <laughs> it could Thanks be that or whatever his name is. Uh, probably Matthias Nunes, yeah. But also... Uh, uh, we're probably gonna give yeah Paul Joyce. It wasn't Paul Joyce. It was just Twitter jokes. Because I'm, Jason, I'm a bit, I'm a bit surprised to be honest. Because well, it, the impression I've had over the last four or five years is that everything's been lined up at Liverpool, from the the playing squad to the manager to the transfer committee to the board. That's how to good the club owners. is, by the way. That's how good how club. <laughs> I've had the impression that everything has been all aligned and every decision is made all together and everyone's you know all got them pushing in the same direction. Um, Obviously, there was that, what's his name, that Michael Edwards guy that was quite instrumental in, in, in building your current squad that's gone. I don't, I mean, you've still gone and predicted that Liverpool are going to win the quadruple this season, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, no going to win the title. From the listening to you over the last five, ten minutes, it, it doesn't sound that way. Are you still optimistic for this season? Oh, of course I am. That's the thing. I'm not, because of Klopp, genuinely because of Klopp and because I still have faith in our players. And I, I, Personally, I don't think that. I still think the Premier League is so strong that people are going to be shocked at some results this season. We've already seen it with Chelsea a couple of times. Mm. City were obviously they batted Palace on the weekend, but there was so many things about that. We'll go on to that because that was so bad. Some decisions in that game, but I just think points will be taken off other big teams, and I think in this league at the moment if you win five or six games straight, which is very hard to do, you can still be up there. And I genuinely think we still will be, inshallah. But um, the midfielder thing was Chouameni ass. That's what they were talking about. I just read the full thing. Now. Oh, he yeah. said we were going for a midfielder, but they decided to go to another club. But, but the uh, question, you know, with that Chouameni, had you signed him, do you reckon you'd have signed Darwin Nunes? I don't think you would have. I think it was... Yeah, see, uh, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I remember at the time... You missed out on Shumani, then all of a sudden he signed Darwin Nunes, and I thought they wouldn't have signed Darwin Nunes yeah. if, yeah, basically the money that's that was for Shumani went That's the him. money gone. I um, we would have possibly though the only thing that I would have we would have possibly pushed Naby out then, in a way that we can because you can still from a player like that I know he's still relatively, um, he, he's not really on. You can get in this market if you play it well, you can get thirty, forty for him you can still do it abroad. We could have got that money for him. So that's what I think would have happened. And then obviously tried to get Nunes because Mane went. But it is a question mark. Exactly. Why, why does it have to be that we literally have to get rid of someone to buy someone else? Because the position we're in now, why are we letting that go? Why are we letting this opportunity for us to... And because, it, I'm sorry, it's facts. If we got the players in, if we had backup and we signed quality players to be back up for all of our starting eleven, why couldn't we go on and win more in this period we're under now? Because Klopp is fantastic. And I personally think that he will never come out and properly curse the owners 
because you never know he might after the transfer window after this one. But I think he's, no, he someone who, he, he's someone who is a big believer of good harmony at a club and good and keeping everything behind closed doors. So, oh, he definitely won't. He won't criticize yeah. them publicly. Speaking of uh, of that, a club where things are not kept behind closed doors, Bournemouth on the <laughs> end of that 9-0 shellacking by Liverpool this morning announced that Scott Parker has parted ways uh, with the Cherries. Um, Tifter, what's your take on this? I mean, do you think they've, they've sacked him because he only got three points out of the first four games against Villa the yeah. Arsenal? Um, no, I, I think... The sacking was just um, delusional from the owners, to be honest. Um, I, I saw a tweet somewhere saying that he sent Scotty Parker... The, the, the owners sent Scott Parker and that Bournemouth squad to war with a bunch of sticks, basically. <laughs> if you look at what they spent, right, in the summer on players, you would be Awful. just shocked. It was That's crazy, crazy, right? Right? And who did they play in the first four games? They beat Villa, right? <laughs> That's a great three points at home to start off the season. And then City, yeah. Arsenal, Liverpool. The next three fixtures are Arsenal, Chelsea and Liverpool, right? How on earth could Arsenal, they have City expected... Arsenal, City and Liverpool. Arsenal, sorry. Arsenal, yeah. City and Liverpool, yeah. How on earth could the owners or the hierarchy at that club have expected them to come out any better than what they have, have done? It's Fair enough, they got beat 9-0, right? But that happens. It was just an off game. What I think, you know, the way he got them promoted and whatnot... We're, we're just in August, for God's sake. It's still August. <laughs> right? You, they haven't even backed him. I think it's completely unfair. Absolutely, totally the wrong decision. He has not been backed. Um, I think maybe there is a bit more to it. I think maybe... Um, I think he's been cursing them and they've... Yeah, I, I, I think... He's been complaining, isn't he? There might have been a bit of back and forth over transport. And rightly so, to be honest. He's been given nobody to go, you know, to it's go and compete so this harsh, season. Honestly. Um, so no, you know what? Sooner or later he might got sacked because you know Bournemouth, you know they, came, they were always the favourites to get relegated, and he was probably always a candidate to get sacked. But after four games, after playing who they played, after those games, exactly after those I, games, especially. that's that's not on, and that's that's what's really bad about this league. It's absolutely ruthless. Mm. And some of the sackings that we've seen over the last few years have just been shocking. And flipping Forest have been given absolutely shocking twenty five players. They have to signed sign. two full time. How were they? They got. Red on Lodi on loan from Atletico Madrid. Man. How, are they, how are they doing this? They're insane. Something man. not right there. They need to be investigated, man. <laughs> poor Bournemouth, man. Brian Clough has been talking. But oh. yeah, totally the wrong decision. Outstanding scenes at the Vitality Stadium. Or we brushed <laughs> there on the. Uh... Brush there on Nottingham can we, Forest. Can, can we just comment on Scott Parker's cardigan, though? Oh. Outstanding. 2000 or what? Oh, Scotty Parker. All right, mate. <laughs> I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet saying, I won't be surprised if Klopp signs him now. <laughs> but Liverpool would be great in our midfield, Scotty P. I'd take him, lad. Obviously. Klopp could go to sleep at night knowing that he ended Scott Parker's job with that 9 0. Terrible, terrible stuff. Well, yeah, as, as we mentioned, we did mention the, the ongoing. Um, merry-go-round of transfers at Nottingham Forest, getting them ready in preparation to face Manchester City uh, tomorrow evening, I believe. Manchester City, Yusuf, you, you did touch on their game against Crystal Palace. Mm. Um, they did come out with a 4-2 uh, victory, but I think saved 
by the skin of their teeth by having it's a bit I don't know there's a bit his middle name is just basically brute isn't it it <laughs> just Brout. completely describes what a striker he is that fourth goal where he just pushed away the two Crystal Palace defenders like they were toothpicks um, and slotted in the bottom corner can anyone stop this Man City team well I mean they, Newcastle did I suppose exactly. in, in my own question are we starting to see cracks in 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 Pep Guardiola's uh, Man City machine? Not not fully. There's no crack. They are a machine because the amount of players they still have. I'm sorry, they, they still have quality in every area. And Bernardo's staying. I'm so annoyed about that. I think he's such a key player for them. I I, I, I thought he was going. And I was like, oh, thank God he's gone. But. On the weekend, 2-0 up, and there was that thing. And yeah, it's been all over Liverpool Twitter because of Carrius, obviously. But why was... When Edison threw it out and it was disallowed, Palace's goal was disallowed. Yeah. Why? First, of the, that, That's the first thing. And Haaland hit, hit some guy in the head. Kicked mm. him in the head. And then and nothing was given. If Haaland gets sent off there... Questionable. The it, it is. And I, I, there's just little things that obviously mm. you can put it down to luck, this and that, but... I don't know. I can say I, I think they're quite lucky to be able to rely on a guy like Harland as well, man. Imagine you could be. Eh? Imagine you could. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they they did drop points against Newcastle the week before. Um, the defence does look a little bit shaky um, the way they started against Crystal Palace as well. We did mention at the beginning of the season that they were a bit short in terms of the players that they, they've sold um, and possibly not replaced. They've been, I mean, it's come out today, I think they're signing, is it Maro Kanji from, from Dortmund? But he's, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a centre-back, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. But, where, are they, where are they short? I don't think, where are they short? Well, well, I mean, we say they, they sold a lot of players in the front three that they've not replaced. It's the front line where I think possibly if they had a couple of injuries. Yeah, they could do maybe with another attacker, but come on. They but can make up also, for that with a ridiculous also amount of talent. Fullback, fullback is the other area, I think, where they've Cancelo, only got Cancelo, yeah. Walker, and then this new Gomez. That, you know, We don't yeah. know how he's going to perform. Apart from that, they don't have any of the fullbacks. But also, the problem with them, I know we say if one of them get injured. If you Benjamin Mendy. <laughs> if you look at his lineup so far, he's been able to rotate those front three already. He has such quality that he doesn't mm. have to push any of these players to play all the time and even fear them getting injured, if you know what I mean. Because they have mm. so much options. Even Bernardo can play centre mid or on the wing. Mahrez yep. can play here and there. Flipping Foden can play here. This Alvarez guy is going to get minutes as well. Gundogan's in the middle. Rodri... Phillips hasn't even played yet. So if they want to rest Rodri, they can play Phillips. And I mm. did agree with you that if they get an injury here or there, but I think I've realised that there's no, there's not even a risk of any of them getting injured from overplaying or blah, 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 because he's able to rest them all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if Haaland is rested tomorrow, by the way. Uh, apparently, Calvin Phillips is put as his captain for FPL. Yeah, he's going to be starting. Quite, I, I think I think right. he's more likely to be rested on the weekend because they got Champions League the week. Uh, oh yeah, because they're not. He's not going to play this weekend. He'll be rested soon, I think, basically. Because I think they might be weekend. they might be three 0 up against Nottingham Forest in half and an hour. Just and rest them exactly. They can just bring. They, they can do it. Exactly. They might also be two 0 down as well. <laughs> oh, 
anything is possible. Anything is possible. And speaking of which, Arsenal are the top of the table. Yeah, um, like an elephant at the top of the tree. <laughs> don't know how it got there, but you know it's going to come crashing down. Also, you wish, Zach. Also, you wish. I, mean, will, uh, we'll, I agree with Zach. To the listeners, anyone that you know hears me talking about Arsenal, do take it with a pinch of salt because I am biased. Um, but I mean, to be fair to them, they can only beat what's in front of them. Um, they've they've had four four games, four wins, had a bit of a Mitrovic scare at the weekend, but still managed to to find a way to victory. The interesting thing that came out of that game was Richard Keyes uh, criticising the Arsenal celebrations. Good old Keyes. What what do we make of that? Did he did he have a point or Arsenal were they overdoing it or you know was it much to do about nothing? He's got he's got a bit of a point, but at the, at the end of the day, they they won a game that they thought they, they might have well. dropped They're points. Top, so. Top of the you know, let let them enjoy their. Do you know what I mean? They have they've had their best start for God knows how long. Just let the fans enjoy it. But I also understand that they need to chill out a bit because Arsenal fans are the first set of fans to get completely and utterly gassed yes. when their team stri- strikes together a series of um, wins. Um, but okay. to be, oh, I've got to hold your hands up. They're doing really well. Arteta has you know has strengthened. Uh, the number of weaknesses which they were showing from last season. Mm. They look, their mentality is stronger. They got two very good centre backs. Odegaard is just everywhere. Yeah. They mm. got Gabby Jesus, who is sharp as anything. And Martinelli. Martinelli looks, he looks on it. Fantastic. Um, so credit is credit is due. They've got that fighting spirit. And to be fair, they faced four teams who, on paper, they should have beaten. Um. Like you said, you can only beat who's been put in front of them. But yeah, the real test will come once they're uh, up against uh, 100%. one of the top six teams. I I'm, think. Really, I'm really looking, and I know it on Sunday. That's ah. what I was gonna say. Like I know it's only United. That's the acid test. There's there really no, is. there's no any only United anymore, mate. It's an army, This is what I'm saying. I genuinely think this season, right? I do think a lot of teams have got a cracker being, you know, we've seen it with City. Of, I'm sorry. They're not as irresistible as people make out. I yeah, mean, they're really man. Not. They're we not. said before that Newcastle game, right? That thing, they looked dodgy as hell. I'm sorry, three all was a final result. They got lucky. They got, they got lucky. lucky against and Palace. Palace. Yeah. Right. Um, Chelsea are very beatable. Liverpool have looked incredibly fragile. United, out of nowhere, have struck pluck up, plucked two wins together. Spurs are looking quite good. So it's the first time in quite a few seasons that I've remembered that. Any one of those top six teams could have a chance of beating the other one. I don't know. It's, it, it it's never crazy. been like this for me for quite a few years. I, I, it, it's, it's just like every game in the league now is really difficult. It's like wh- whoever we're playing, I'm like, oh, it's a tough game. It's a tough yeah, game. It's no easy game, genuinely. <laughs> even, even, even on Saturday, the, when I saw one of the I was like, that's yo, a tough, tough game. That, that's like the one game. When I looked at all the fixtures, I'm like, oh, Liverpool, you fall off. I thought that's the one game which is. Guaranteed win, but the rest of them was like okay. But um, going back to Arsenal, I think the biggest um, danger for them is just I, I think they lack in depth. I think they've got good yes. eleven, yeah. um, especially in midfield. I think if Thomas Partey gets injured, uh, oh, he is, he is injured, he and is and Thingy and uh, El Nenny. Yeah, El Nenny's got that injury as well. So El sideways, they call him. It'd be interesting to see how they cope with that. 
um, because I think I think I want the whole the entire team. I think Thomas Party is the one player that they can't replace because everywhere else, you know, if they lose a centre back, you know, they got Ben White to come in or whatever. Um, up front, you know, even with Jesus, they can put Enkia there. No, he's nowhere near as good. Yeah, yeah. But I think if Thomas Party has a proper injury or goes to jail, then <laughs> I think <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> Well, that's a that's a, a juicy game coming up then on the weekend. Um, Arsenal, Man United. How how do you see it going? Three 0 United. <laughs> Anthony, second half hat trick. <laughs> Martial or Anthony? I, I think we have to see what happens tomorrow. Anthony and Thursday first. <laughs> it's the three Anthony's versus the three Gabriels, ah. lad. Anthony. Um. No, I, I think it's going to be quite an interesting... Is it at Old Trafford? It's, it's at Old Trafford. Old Trafford. No, going to be up for it. Damn, yeah. Arsenal getting their first L, man. Another Glazer protest outside, no doubt. <laughs> get get the green and yellow flags out. No, we I want Glazers out. <laughs> I think um, it is with Arsenal. You've got to see their big test. But Arsenal's completely right. If Jesus and, for example, Martinelli get injured, right, who the hell are they bringing in? Like Zinchenko might is he out for a while? What's going on with him? Zinchenko I think as well, yeah. Yeah. Is it just for a couple of games, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but, something like that. I, I don't know, man. I think it's uh, I think once Europa next. League starts, I mean that's what I said at the beginning of the season. I expect Arsenal to be top of the table come five, yeah. six games. Once Europa League starts, yeah, that tournament just sucks the life out of any Premier League aspirations that you have. The amount of travelling you have to do to Kazakhstan on a Thursday night <laughs> before you come back, it's, but, it's, but it, it's a tough ask. It is with Arsenal, though. It's very strange because even last season, they were doing so well for a while and they do seem to always get ahead of themselves because they were doing well, they were near the top and then they came to us and we beat them 4-0 at Anfield. Like I, I just don't understand why they always do that to themselves, you know. Do you think is I think I'm not saying that they're gonna go on to win the league or anything like that, but this season does feel a little bit different to the previous years. I know what you're saying. Um I I just think they're gonna do better than they have done, but not yeah, yeah, obviously you know, not go on to win anything if any real note. Top four they should get. It'll be a disappointment if they don't. Yeah, agreed. It'll be a big flop if they don't. Speaking of uh, teams that will go on to uh, oh, glory right. and silverware at the end of the season, we say they will the Audi Cup, best. Newcastle. Or oh, Newcastle have been quite good, but I was referring <laughs> to glory, Brighton. glory, no Tottenham, Hotspur, <laughs> um, with a workmanlike two-nil uh, victory against Nottingham That's exactly Forest. how you like it, isn't it, lad? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the biggest highlight of the game was Richarlison doing QPR. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was outstanding, by the way. Nothing wrong with that at all. Have you seen him on Twitter? He's even replying to talks. I don't understand why everyone's so triggered by it. I was just going to say, I don't know what happened. I don't get it, yeah. But he just did a few... He's more than entitled to do whatever the hell he wants. You know what? That's made me love him a bit more because I didn't used to like the guy, but that's... Respect me. Listen, Respect. Richarlison, I... when I'm playing, when we're playing against him, yeah, when Liverpool are playing against him, I don't want, I hate him. You know, just watching from afar, I'm like, yeah, you're a funny guy. Well, that's it. To be honest, I've never liked the guy either. But obviously <laughs> now, 
shithousery on the pitch. He's got a levels in your estimation, hasn't Off he? the pitch, on Twitter. He's got Crime. them all on string. Crime <laughs> Love him. At the back end of last season, wasn't that a thing with the, when Liverpool had a Champions League final and Richard Arlison or whoever it was, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the coach to Paris. It's just this guy. Oh, yeah, that was outstanding. This guy is something else. Um, you know, him coupled with Romero, who's the other one. I think, generally, I think Romero's missed the last two games. I don't think he's been injured. I think he's just been taken out of the limelight after the Cucurella hair grab nonsense. I think we're... The thing is, if we win the title by being the best team in the country, fantastic. But if we win it by shithousing everyone, <laughs> top to bottom, pissing... Every team off in the Premier League. That's what you, that's Every dream, team needs it? one player like that, though, isn't it? That's player your dream, like is it? Absolutely. It's not enough to win and you just be happy. Everyone else has to be pissed off. At the Have same they time. been... Okay, with Spurs, a couple of things. Sonny's form is uh, quite concerning. Shocking. shocking. I think it's quite concerning for you. And listen, if you're calling him shocking, I'll have him in a heartbeat. Oh, but this oh is the thing. God. I wouldn't say it's concern. I would say shocking, but not concerning. Because every season, he goes six, seven, eight games. He will score. Nothing. He will definitely come good. He's too and good. then he goes on a, ga- on a run of like 12 games where he's just absolutely unstoppable. So he's getting yeah. it out of his system. But is it, though, another thing that I was reading about is obviously Richarlison being in there and doing well. Put pressure on him and he's thinking a bit, I don't know. It's different. I know I know what you're saying, but every year he kind of knows that he can be off form and he'll still start for you. But if, if you're telling me, like, say in, in 10 weeks from now, if Richarlison has kept Son out of the, the team, that means Richarlison scored like 20 goals. So I'll, I'll be more than happy with that. Hmm. I think, yeah. I, I, think it, I think it means Richarlison has managed to piss off pretty much everyone <laughs> in the world. If but he's that still in the team thing, yeah, by then. It, it was mad. <laughs> it was so jokes. But um, also about Spurs, there's been a lot of like not claims and people that they've been like snatching, like just getting the games like here and there, just getting them over the line, not really dominating any games, not really. But that's just Conte's side of play, right? I agree. I mean, I'm Snatch not. I said it, it from the start. I'm not. You know, I'm not delighted with it. It's not like Pochettino champagne football, but it's. You're just getting the job done by by any means necessary. Um, We've looked... I mean, against Wolves, we're probably the second-best team. Managed to get the three points. Against Nottingham Forest, they dominated for large parts of the game. We got the three points. If he continues to do it, then, you know, I I can't complain. Um, I don't think think you'd be too critical because you need to have a bit of context here, right? Arsenal are probably the only team at the moment because of obviously who they played are incredibly consistent right everyone else has been patchy everywhere so right now the only thing that matters is results the results, performances yeah. will come right? yeah but if you can get them playing well it's still very early on in the season so yeah, it is, yeah. i think spurs are doing very well so far well that's I it think i think you can done well, eh? you can't you can't moan about the manner of the victories they're getting the victories that's what matters last that's season it. you might have bottled forest away under a different that. manager, yeah, we would have, we wouldn't be sitting where we are now with with the ten points that we have. The Wolves game probably would have gone against us. Forest, uh, we might have seen it over the line, but you know, scraped through. I think we've looked comfortable. We've not looked in any real danger. Maybe the Chelsea game, but Chelsea for whatever reason. Even that was a game where you never would have got anything out of that. You would have yeah. lost that 
every single day of the week. But as I mean, that's the one thing I would say with Tottenham, and the only thing I would worry about is Chelsea stepped up big time for that game. And as we've seen in their other games, they've looked quite poor. It's, it was a cup final for them. And I think there's five or six teams like that in the Premier League who, at the beginning of the season, circle Tottenham for whatever reason. And, you know, our biggest... So I, I, think, I think teams like United and Liverpool have that a lot more than Spurs. Like you talk about five or six teams, I think every team in the in the Premier League look at teams like my United and Liverpool. I think United, the game. I'd agree with you, United, but I think with Liverpool and Man City, Bournemouth turned up and, and laid down. Are you mad, bro? They played them. To be honest, teams tend to roll over for Liverpool and City. I will say I think that. That's true. With Man City, like you look at what Forest it did to Fulham's us. And look what, final against us, bro. Are you mad? What, look at what Forest did to us and look at what they'll do with Man City tomorrow. They might put out a weakened side. Sorry, can I just say, you know this whole rolling over, like I'm actually going to disagree because I know back in the day, Liverpool fans would have said back in the under Fergie, Liverpool fans or any other fans could have said that about United, where they just show up, teams just bend over, and the game's done. Naturally, is what happens. Teams are defeated before they even get onto the pitch because they think <laughs> we're playing. Point. I think Tottenham need to reach if we want to have any chance of doing anything. I think we need to reach a stage where teams give up against us before a ball's kicked, and we're not quite there yet. Well, that then. <laughs> I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think Spurs are in there. You're not in that category at all. I think mainly because of the way you play. I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm not a fan of Conti. Like, <laughs> I know you get, you were getting results or whatever, but it's just. Listen, I, I have huge respect for Conte and everything he does. I get it. And he's getting the results. And I know Tift is completely the results business he loves Conte and I can see why you I don't, I don't love him I, I just think he's a big when you, fan when you saw the mess that Spurs were in right I get that yeah yeah, yeah I get it him out of, you just have to give him credit no what, no what? but it's true You, you always, can't, uh, the guy could not have done anything more than what he's doing and I get it no I get it because you uh, have traditionally and always you've given credit for those teams whatever way they play they get a result I get that for me I, I genuinely respect managers like Graham Potter and Eddie Howe a bit more because they try and play proper football and they go to teams like Liverpool and City and they still play their way. I, I agree. And, and I know a lot of the times it, people say it's foolish, this and that, but no, it's the way that football should be played and in the future they will get their proper results. And I think Brighton will. Today they lost, obviously, but they've been playing fantastic this season. Despite seeing how well Conte's in the Tottenham, I don't think... Not even for a moment, I think, oh, I wish we got Conte in as manager. Yeah. I'm glad we got Ten Hag. And, and, um, I don't think any United fan wanted Conte as manager. It's a fact, by the way, and it's a fact that it's so much more difficult for Eddie Howe and Graham Potter to get their team playing the way they do than other managers get. Oh, 100%. Team. It's so much harder, and I respect that so much. You, you say that, but then we did turn up to Liverpool at Anfield and we played... Oh, do you off the park. Do you win? Played do you win? Man City off the park. So what happened? What was your result against us? What was your result against us? The one all draw. Oh, okay. 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 I think when Conte in the big games, the big games, I'm not worried about Conte will. Zach. Conte will do what needs. To what you did against City last? Game. So like, I can't remember the game against the games against Liverpool, but the game against City, yeah, and you could have battered them in the end. Or I can't remember what the result was, but ultimately you were just picking them off on the counter attack. That's not. It wasn't, City it wasn't soft counter well. against City. We played possession football and played them off the. Play. It wasn't counter attacking football, but 
what I will agree with you is against Wolves, against Nottingham Forest, we should be having 70% possession. We should be destroying them. And that's... Conte just doesn't do it. No, still gets I, the result. I, I, I'm not saying it's anything bad because, to be fair, he gets the result and it's fair play that you don't want to play against those kind of teams. I completely get that. But... Pff, he, he's not going to change, though. He's been like that his whole career. He's that, had success yeah, yeah. everywhere he's gone. I, I, I understand your point about Graham Potter and Eddie Howe. But no disrespect, Graham those guys, Potter. are they going to get top jobs? Graham Ooh, Potter, Potter should be. Are they will they ever be um scouted by Barcelona and Real Madrid or yeah, by he should. No, he should. they will not. <laughs> will they ever get manager of uh, if, he, if the... his name was Grahamino Potterino, mate, he would yeah, get will, that, will they ever get um become manager of England national team? Probably not. Potter. Potter well, well, I, maybe, maybe. And Eddie Howe, they're both in. I think to be honest, once Southgate goes, it's between them two. Listen, <laughs> Southgate has <laughs> got a friggin' lifetime contract. He does. The bottom line is right, the standard of Manage coaching in England is rubbish compared to, yeah. and I, I'm not saying I'm not uh, uh, condoning his style here, right? It's, it's, no, it no, is a, a woeful style, of, but it's it's a different style. But it, it's I, work. It, it's what works for it him. It is, and, and I know, yeah. and he I know, knows how to imprint that on every club he goes to yeah. and the players he's got. And you just have to respect him for and that. And I know Zach may disagree, but I genuinely think Conte was the perfect choice for Spurs. The perfect choice for Spurs. I agree. There was no one else out there. He's the perfect choice. And it's exactly what your club better, needed. But it's, yeah. it's just, my point is difficult to fall in love with. That's yeah. the, uh, oh, I agree. Listen, as long, when you get in the results, mate, you don't give a... Well, that's you don't it. Give a <laughs> well, when you finish the season with the Audi Cup, lad, you'll be in love. Uh, <laughs> when you see Rich, Richarlison doing bits like that every week, mate, that's Bit. all... What it's all about. Too bit sizey. Indeed, indeed. Don't you about Sonny though? Oh, I've, I've said my piece on Son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he's he's gonna he's gonna turn good. Yeah, um, right, so we've we've covered the top six. Um, in terms of the rest of the table, Brighton, we've we've highlighted that I think they've done a fantastic job so far. Um. I think Leeds Fulham also... Fulham deserve a mention as well. I'll tell you Ooh, what, Fulham as well. Been Asif... I know. Asif, 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 Asif did call it at the start of the season. Um, Leeds as well have been very impressive Oof. in the post Bielsa um, era. The other end of the table, Bournemouth. Obviously, we've we've <laughs> covered, but they're not they're not even bottom. They're not even second bottom. Leicester City. Ooh. What on earth is going on there? Just. Brendan Rodgers, isn't it? I thought I'm not, route standing. They've not made any signings so far. <laughs> it seems like all this squad is just getting ripped to shreds with Fafana going. So doofy, So apparently. Tielemans might be going. Apparently, the, owner, the, owners, the owners of Leicester have been like some serious financial problems, which is why they're not investing. And again, just I think just now, quotes have come out from Brendan Rodgers from today. And he said, even the 75 million that they're getting from Fafana, but because the club that they signed him from it's got 25% of the sell-on fee or whatever it means that they can't actually use much of that money to sign players (laughs) or they're not going to be making any big signings before the end of the window oh dear they're in serious trouble by the way serious trouble so I know we we picked our relegation sides at the start of the season but there's a few teams now which I don't think were mentioned Ooh, in the discussion less there were nobody mentioned them at all they, I did, I did said, tip Rodgers for the sack but I don't even think they're going to sack him now because what are they going to sack the club is in ruins it's not him it's actually just well, not... 
Could Madison go by the end of the uh, transfer window? Well, Madison's been linked to Newcastle, mate. Left, right, and centre. Tielemans out. Schmeichel's gone. Mate, it's a oh, sale. I would take, I would take team. Oh, I would five. take a few of those players oh. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Should we just go in there? And take <laughs> yeah, right. Abby Band. <laughs> Abby Band. But yeah, so I think Leicester is in trouble. Aston Villa are another team that have been a complete and utter mess. Oh, Steve Gerrard, mate. He's, I don't know what he's... Yeah, I don't know what's the guy on, rotates but... the team every week and I don't know what he's But doing what he doesn't do is drop Coutinho. Exactly. I'm telling you the biggest... I'm telling you now, right, brought him back in again. Villa fans absolutely curse the guy. They, Villa, He'll be gone soon, I think. I, I can't see him lasting much longer. He starts Buendia one week, he drops him the next week. Yeah. Well, that's Bailey one week, drops from the next week. Everton in trouble, Villa in trouble, Leicester. I thought I think Everton have actually looked quite solid, to be fair, even though they haven't won a game mm. yet. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think when they get, if Calvert-Lewin comes back fit and firing. Everton are depressed. They got, they've signed more pay. They now. are depressed. Neil Morpe. Morpe. Yeah, fair, that fair guy's, <laughs> he's like. I think they might just survive, you know, Everton. Who, Everton? Yeah. So who do you, so now that we've seen so I think I don't Leicester know Bournemouth um, Villa are in trouble West Ham have been poor but I they're think, not they're going to uh, be I think, I think Paqueta, good enough players Paqueta is lovely Forest I don't, I don't know we're going to see what all these players do but they, <laughs> no they Forest de- will be alright they're I think. definitely going to be a candidate because they're good at home I think a, a, a big thing about certain teams when you're good at, when you're good at oh, when you're good at home it you can genuinely just pick up points throughout the season where you don't realise how much it helps. And I think they are solid at home. I think that was a really good victory for Spurs going there and winning 2-0. But, um, yeah, I think Leicester are in big trouble. And I don't even... I, I don't know. Brendan's just... It's just Brendan. I think Brendan knows he's going to get sacked. He just doesn't... He's not going to quit because he wants to pay off. Yeah. Tielemans, I'd take him, man. 25 mil. Oof. That is an absolute bargain. How, how good do you think he is? I, 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 Listen, I'll just have him for... He's a good squad player, isn't it? No, no, no. Listen, yeah. last season he lost his motivation because he didn't want to He didn't want to play for them. Right? But the season yeah. before that... The biggest issue with play. him is his fitness. You know, by the 60th minute, he, he's literally he's done. Yeah. No, I, listen, I'll take him over. Milton. He's a good player. He's an all-rounder in that midfield. He is an all-rounder. He's one of those centre-mids who... See, I think, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think Arsenal are going to sign him right on just before the deadline. Oh, man. I hope dangerous. Arsenal don't get him, man. I know. That'd be dangerous. He's a good little player. No, West Ham will be fine. I know what you're saying about West Ham. I think they've just been slow starters. I think they'll come on some good... They'll get some good results here and there. Paqueta's a good signing. I think they'll be all right. Speaking of uh, teams that have made a slow start, um, we now turn our attention to FPL corner. Alison Wonderland. (laughs) Rock bottom of the table. What has been going on? Yusuf. We now speak to uh, head manager Yusuf Abogasin. What? <laughs> oh, we're in there below. Uh, what can I say? What do you think? It's no say? transfers for this game week either. Were no you transfers. Sleeping mate. at the wheel. <laughs> you, know oh, that's <laughs> you know what it is, mate. If Liverpool do well, I will do well. And even when Liverpool done well, Mo Salah decided to not do anything. But it's fine. Listen, listen. Uh, the season is very long. I am not worried at all. Plenty of game weeks left. Wildcard might be coming out soon. 
I have yeah, you, Your team needs it, mate. Your uh, You're 90 points off the How table. How have you still got After... Kai Havertz in your team? What is listen, wrong? blind faith of some players. Danny Welbeck. Oh, listen, don't talk about It's Welbeck. all about the vibes, isn't it? Right. It's all about the vibes, Asin. You know what? Great vibes from Dunk today. <laughs> I haven't even checked my team. Chill. Listen, I, I'm not worried at all. I'll get I'll get my You're man, never worried. <laughs> I'll get my mandatory top four finish, definitely. And yeah, happy days, man. No problem at all. I'll I'll make a couple of signings here and there. Any advice, Zach Judy? Uh, top of the league. Any advice? Oh well, I wasn't going to mention that. Oh, okay. Um the the one the biggest advice is just getting Manip's head. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to yeah, him a couple red. of days ago, and I have to say he is playing chess, man. I personally think Manip's on top, Zach. I'll be honest. I think Manip. He's brought in Rodrigo, top. who had a shoulder <laughs> dislocation, and Dunku scored an own goal. Manip, Mervin, he's playing and chess. Two transfers. Um, he kept the other thing, which I noticed. He kept Reese James in. He didn't notice the, didn't the notice late news gone, coming right. in that uh, Reese yeah, James. You should, you should was... tell him. Yeah, do you the don't monkey, want to see, I, the I, knew, emoji. I knew he was out injured, but I just thought I was keeping him in as well because I know Lissandro Martinez will come in for him for me. <sighs> well, that's it. So either you, I mean, Asif's put it there. Either you, you know, you you keep hold of him and your, your bench players will will do the job, or you do what I did, which is transfer him out for a similar. Defender who's going to get bank a clean sheet. I brought in uh, Diaz from Man City, but then Manip yeah. just self imploded. Diaz from Man City, risk yeah. rotations. Like he got lucky though because he's got Pereira coming off his bench for him, who got an assist ah, today. So that's what Manip very still me. minus one off that assist from uh, Dunk anyway. Considering so. uh, he's got fodder on his bench. That's what Manip does, me. And Luis Diaz came up big for him as well. I feel like we're going to have a shocking week this week. Oh, well, let's have. I mean, Asif started off quite well, to be fair. Um, considering you've gone without Salah, um, you've gone without Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold, all of these template players. I you've got a Chelsea Trent. keeper in goal who's not done too well. Um, but you have benefited from, I guess, Luis Diaz. You had Rashford in when he scored. De Bruyne as well started off okay, and you've, you've kept the faith with Haaland. Throughout, I see, I've, got, I've gone for Jesus as captain. That was my risk for this midweek fixture. Because um, I think everyone's gone for Haaland. Um, and I thought. Everyone's gone Haaland. I've right? stayed with Salah this week. Cause Have I you? Well yeah, because I knew everyone was going to jump on Haaland. Yeah, I got. I, I, I think it is early as days. As soon as I, I realised um, Guimarães and Trippier might not Gwimerish. be playing. And who else? Say Maximum's a doubt. Say Maximum's a doubt. I thought, okay, yeah. That's. But Salah That's didn't do anything LFC. against. He didn't do anything against Bournemouth. That's yeah, but he's fine. one of those players. He won't do anything one game in a game like that. And next game, you'll score. Listen, in an awful, awful game against United, he still got a goal. Hmm. You oh, can't bank. You... you can't listen. Don't bet against Salah. That's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> well, you can. I think you can when you're going with Haaland against Nottingham Forest. But you never no, know what sort of city the way they play. Haaland might not even get a touch until the 60th minute. Bro, he's not starting. Don't worry. Early days. Early days is not the time. So Neko Williams is going to pocket him, lad. We shall see. I mean, it's interesting. It's early days, as as we've said. Very early Um, days. But I I think 
Yusuf, your title challenge is looking like Liverpool's at the moment. Oh, what about City, Zag? Because you messaged last week, said City aren't going to win the league. But you have and said if... Tottenham are winning the league. So oh, that's... Okay. Fine, fine. I've written off Liverpool. I've written off City. I've said Arsenal are going to fall away. Who else is there? No one else. Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur are going to win it. Do you agree, Asif? Tottenham in the league. Mm. And now I think City are going to win the league. City. <laughs> City. Have faith, lad. Have faith. I just, um, I just hope, I hope Spurs don't win it all the way they play. <laughs> Isn't it? Terrorist football. Terrorist football. Osama bin Conte. <laughs> Conteleban. Conteleban. Right. Um, I mean, as we speak, as you said, it's, it is Tuesday night. There's two days left until the transfer window shuts closed. We have touched on different possible transfers for different teams throughout the episode, but Adrian Alligator, is there anything else that we've not covered today that we think is, is that we might be seeing before the end of, of the transfer window in 48 hours' time? Um, I think most of the, I think most of the big deals have happened, um, and the ones that we know about. I think the ones to keep an eye on are like Obama Young to Chelsea, potentially even Frankie De Jong moving to Chelsea or or someone else. Um, I think with Barcelona, there's a few players there. I, I, I've been told on good good authority Oof. that Barcelona are willing to let Memphis Depay leave on a free transfer, and I just think that's a no brainer for so many clubs. Um, especially if you, if Ronaldo goes, I think United should just take Memphis on a free. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if there's many, so, you know, the deals like Paqueta and, and that type of thing, they're all done now. Um, but I, I think there's going to be one major, major surprise. I'm not sure for who or what. It'll probably be Klopp pulling out a Jota type of signing, but I just think... I mean... I just can see this one, I can see one major signing for one of the big clubs just out of nowhere. Um, and inshallah, United signing uh, Kylian Mbappe or someone like that. Have him, lad, have him. No, I don't want him. Oh, oh, sorry. Can we just talk about this whole Pogba voodoo thing? Ooh, tell us. Give us the. What is this? So I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the lowdown of what I understand. So Matthias Pogba, who's Paul Pogba's older brother, he set up a Twitter account and did this video, and he basically said, um, "I'm going to be talking about telling you what about the real Pogba, um, what he's like, this, that, the other, and whether he deserves to be playing for the France football team." Blah 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 blah. Paul Pogba's panicked um, and has now reported him dematized Pogba to the police as well as his gang. So whilst Pogba, Pogba's basically, not publicly, but it's all been leaked in the French press, is saying is that he, basically Pogba's childhood friends, they're blackmailing Pogba, demanding apparently 13 million euros. Um, apparently during the summer when Pogba visited like the area that he grew up in, he got kidnapped. Um and they were demanding this money from him. And what, they, what they're basically saying to Pogba is that we've been keeping you safe. I can't remember the terminology for it now, but basically they're saying that they've been watching his back for him. It's almost like undercover bodyguards without him knowing. And he's obviously Pogba's like, what are you on about? But the biggest issue, the biggest hoo-ha about it all is that Pogba said to the police that Matthias Pogba is going to be claiming that Pogba's tried to do some sort of like voodoo on, on Mbappe but the, the thing is is that apparently the rumour and I know we shouldn't speculate especially about Muslim Brothers and stuff I'm just saying what I read in the press is that Matthias Pogba 
is claiming that he's got video evidence of it. And apparently, the today was in, I think it was Le Quipper or one of these French French um, things is that the the French football players that they are kind of um, I think some of them might have potentially seen some video footage of Pogba where he's asking for someone to to do voodoo on Mbappe or something crazy like that. So it's interesting to see what's going to come out about it all. Hopefully, you know, Pogba hasn't tried to uh, do anything like that on Mbappe would be a massive shame given that he's he's, he's a brother. Um how glad are you that this is now Juventus' <laughs> problem? Listen, Pogba he's just as Mourinho described him a few years ago, I don't even have to repeat what he said about him. Um I'm just glad we've washed our hands of him and um definitely now with all this I mean I didn't expect any of this. I didn't you know he's it's he's just he's just drama Pogba is always drama around him um and yeah I'm definitely glad he's not he's no longer involved with United um it's just an absolute shambles whatever's going on there don't get me wrong look Pogba could be innocent ultimately his brother might be jealous of him you know things like that do happen they they, they see you know they've he grew up in a, like a rough neighborhood and they're looking at Pogba being a, like a multi-millionaire they're thinking you know share some of that some of the some of your spoils kind of thing but um, you know, there's two sides to every story, and I guess we'll we'll see what comes out. But this whole Mbappe voodoo thing is interesting because apparently there is some sort of video footage of Pogba speaking to someone or something along those lines. So I doubt we'll get to see it, but you know, we'll see if Pogba's in the in the French squads coming up once he's back fit. And continuing in the vein of uh, former United pro. Uh... Well, United players who are in deep trouble at the moment. Um, I'd like to close out the episode um, with a recital of a poem um, that I've managed to dig up. <laughs> that we mentioned before the episode started. I'm sure Asif, when you edit this episode, you'll play some romantic music over the top, over the top of this. Um, my darling Kate, unequivocally, our love was fate. I fell in love with you at first sight. I remember because I was high as a kite. <laughs> Those beautiful <laughs> eyes made me shiver. I'm not going to lie. I think of you. I dream of you. Can't help thinking pulling you was my greatest ever coup. Spelt incorrectly. Those stomach. No, that stomach. Those abs. Those pictures you send so I can keep tabs. You make me feel funny down there, especially when you're there <laughs> and you look up and stare. I'm beginning to think you are always right. That's okay. It will keep us tight. I'm going to end by saying you are my love, my friend, my soul. And most of all, you believe in me, which makes me hard as a totem pole. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So is that is that Mason Greenwood or someone else? <laughs> it's Anthony Langer. <laughs> Scott McSauce. <laughs> so we're expecting the uh, the Giggsy verdict tomorrow, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. An absolute mastery. Um, a bit of as, there. Just just to let a agent alligator know, there's supposedly Liverpool put in a twenty million bid for Douglas Lewis. I know you're a big fan of him. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I used to. I used to. I used to, <laughs> used be. to be until that. PBG doing his old club a fever. What's going on there? No, do you know what? I, I think he, I think he hasn't he... been in. The, but you know, um, that Kamara guy just took his spots, basically. 
No, I think Douglas Luiz is a good player. And you know what, actually, I was thinking this um, just over the weekend after Villa lost again. He hasn't been playing Douglas Luiz. It's weird. And I think he's the kind of player that they need, <clears throat> even with Kamara. That's where, right now, I think Aston Villa, with Gerard's issue is, is the lack of balance in the team. And I think, how they bring back, if they brought back in Douglas Luiz next to Kamara with Van Yings, that midfield would be a lot would be a lot more balanced. Um, I think we're just literally now, genuinely, before Thursday. I still think we obviously need a centre mid, so we're just gonna try and find one who maybe even for short term will do a job. Someone who's a bit cheaper. Tielemans makes so much sense to me. So I, the thing is, I'd read I'd read earlier that Douglas Luiz was going to Atletico Madrid. Atletico, yeah, so weird. And then now supposed to be fit into him. I'm sure you'd probably go to Liverpool over them if you had a choice. Get your yellow ties out for deadline day. Oh, uh, ass. you should do a live stream. Jim White, Aiden Alligator. What happened? Can't be solical. Listen, lads, ass is looking Listen, like ten cool ag at the moment. Cool he's like ten ag. Talk to me about my bald head. God. He's looking like Thomas. I believe we will. In the in the region of forty two point <laughs> three million plus add ons. Now our sources do say that there is every possibility that this move could be sealed tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas. And Kave? Obviously, fax machine dependent. <laughs> Good lord. This is for a player with four goals and two assists. <laughs> I tell you, not Thomas. What's the other guy's name? Kave. Kave Solikov. <laughs> yeah, I like him. No, I don't. Nah, people hate him. People He's so hate annoying. Him. He's such a snake. He acts like he knows what's going on all the time. Yeah, oh, his sources are always up there, mate. Lord. Well, to catch up. <laughs> Right then, lads, uh, we'll, be bringing you... <laughs> we'll be bringing you the conclusion of all of that, I'm sure, next week uh, with another episode. Uh, it's been fantastic stuff once again. And it will be, well, there's this round of games and then the weekend round of games as well. So we'll have two sets of results to discuss next week. And I'm sure there'll be more and more uh, shocks and surprises uh, in store. It's been a fantastic evening. See you all next week. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks.